listening to Show Up, Stand Out, an online visibility show where we discuss how you can become more visible using social media and beyond, attract your perfect clients, and create more free time in your business and in your life so your dreams can finally become your reality. Strategies, mindset, interviews, opportunities, and lots and lots of actionable tips brought to you by your go-to online visibility strategist and your host, Juliette Stapleton. Hi guys, welcome back uh, to Show Up, Stand Out. My name is Julian Stapleton. If you follow me, you know I'm a visibility that sells strategist. I am delighted today because I'm about to introduce you to one of my most favorite people on uh, the internet right now. And I'm honest when I'm saying that. Guys, meet Adam Urbanski, known as the Millionaire Marketing Mentor. So 30, over 30 years ago, from something like $200, you build your first seven-figure business. And, um, and really, even with the limited ability of speaking English, speaking English, being an immigrant, so being in a foreign land, um, and still, in spite of everything, against all odds, against recessions, against loads of things, you've built a business, and now you're helping some really, really serious businesses out there to um, create their seven, eight beyond figures businesses, and mentoring people like myself and a lot of amazing online entrepreneurs how to uh, turn our visibility into profitability. So I'm so, so excited. Adam, welcome to the show. Julia, thanks for having me. I appreciate this. Always fun to chat with you. I look forward to it. Now, a couple of things really quick. Um, you just went so fast. I was like, whoa, 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 wait. So number one is I bet you say this to everyone that like your favorite super guest. I do the same thing when I interview people, but I appreciate that anyway. But number two, did you just say I did it against the laws? The odds. <laughs> oh, the odds. I put it, uh, I did yeah, it guys, against the laws. I'm like, yeah, the odds. Okay, I'm also non-English speaking, so um, yeah, oh Jesus, the accent and everything. Um, so against all odds, because okay. the reason why I said against all odds, because I meet a lot of people who maybe they live in another country, like both of us, you know, I'm 20 mm -hmm. years in Ireland, you're 30 years more in, in the States, um, and they feel inadequate just because English is not their first language, mm -hmm. or even people living in their own countries, but to have a global um, uh, audience and they, they have this huge huge thing that oh well English is not my language how dare I uh, market myself in English almost and then people like yourself uh, is an example that well you know it's not about what language you speak or how well or how you know accent free or with accent you speak yeah yeah you know it's all it's all like when you speak about about the odds it's all about what you focus on and I, I yeah. I always learn things when I am interviewed because it kind of causes me to, uh, to reminisce a little bit about what happened, what was the journey. But you know, along the way, speaking about English language, uh, I had huge blocks about speaking English. Uh, couldn't learn the language. You know, my first year in the United States, I actually spoke Russian, worked for Russian Hungarians. Funny thing, right? Because I was learning Russian in Poland. So in my broken Russian, this is how I communicated my first year plus in the United States. Imagine this, right? You go to America and you, <laughs> out of all languages, I, I spoke Russian because my English was practically non-existent. But you know, along the way, I had a, a number of people that, that said different things to me. So um, some people would actually say, oh my God, your English is horrible. You shouldn't be even speaking. You know, let me do some of the stuff for you because no one can understand you. People behind your back talk about how funny you talk. I'm like, oh my God, you know, I'm basically a failure. I can't do anything. But on the flip side, 
you know, I had people who said, wow, this is amazing because people listen with more attention, right? Because you speak with an accent, so they tune in more. Uh, by the way, you speak English probably better than most Americans because you often speak more grammatically correct or you use the right anyway. And on the top of that, you actually speak multiple languages, but most Americans speak just one. So, you know, again, this is not about better than or worse than, but it's about who you tune in to listen to. I could have stayed listening to the people who said, oh my God, you don't speak English the right way, you have a funny accent, no one understands you, and never say another thing or don't go on speaking public or don't, get, don't agree to interviews and just lock myself up, go like, I got to get a job where I don't open my mouth, versus I chose to listen to people who said, you know what, you've got something amazing going on. Uh, it comes out the way it comes out, it makes you uniquely, you go for it. Yes, and I agree. Actually, funny, in my personal life, it's my husband that is the biggest um, sort of the voice that tells me, well, used to, not now. He used to tell me not to do things because he was saying, you don't speak business English. He was saying, this is not business. He would all overhear my interviews or, you know, calls. It's like, people don't speak like this in business. We have to use big words. We have to use, you know, this is not business speak. What you're doing is not business. And it was funny, but as you said, you have to you have to decide, are you tuning into that? Yeah. Or you're, even though it's my other half is saying this, are you going to tune no. into that? Yeah, that which works, uh, works against you, turn it to work for you. So again, you know, I, I developed enough proficiency in English that I can communicate, but still, still, you know, my vocabulary is probably not as rich as it could be or as some people have, right? So when, I kind of make it fun when someone comes, when I have an interview with someone or uh, in a business setting, when people start using very eloquent language, you know, I always make fun of myself and just go like, you know what, would you, I mean, you use a lot of adult words and I didn't bring my dictionary with me, so would you mind dumbing it down for me a little bit? Right? I'm exactly the and, same. And you know, there are places where it's appropriate to speak, uh, to use words that are you know, appropriate for the industry or setting, but in the most cases, you know, majority of businesses we deal with are small businesses. They're mom and pop, they're, they're small corporations. They're human beings and they every day communicate just like a normal, normal human being communicates. And if anything, I think you and I have an advantage because, for example, communicating in the English language, I don't have the typical, pro, you know, grammar uh, hangups from, you know, Mrs. Smith for second grade scolding me that I start a sentence with I or A or whatever. You know, I just speak the way people speak and it come across, comes across more naturally, and it actually lands better with, with our listeners, right? It's so true. And I find that people, I personally love people with different accents. Could be native to uh, the language, but just a dialect or foreign accent. I love it. I think it creates this unique experience. And as you said, you tune, tune in more. It's like a, an extra appeal. So even if you, you're saying, oh, I don't like the way I sound, you know, I know I, know I even have some, some, some guys in the States and they say, oh, I hate my accent. But for me, it's like music to my ears. So please speak more. And I think that we're just telling these stories. And I love, I love the fact that we're discussing this. Uh, quite frankly, again, I've done this for so long. And my, uh, at first, internet wasn't what, you know, internet wasn't what it is today, just a few short years ago. But when I was getting started in training and teaching and showing up online, um, I used phone, right? It was bridge lines. It wasn't even video conferences or webinars. Oh, what we are doing right now was unthinkable. That was sci-fi, right? So it was telephone. I remember interviewing a really amazing speaker in 2001 or 2002, maybe, on a bridge line for a group of my clients. And he was well-known, highly eloquent, 
and he completely flatlined on an, on a, in a presentation on a telephone. And afterwards, he immediately phoned me and said, you know, I just, I know I did so horribly, but it was so weird for me to speak into the phone and not see the audience, not hear the interaction, just, I was essentially speaking into the vacuum, not sure what's going on. So, you know, I think it's really, um, as weird as it sounds, but if you're doing things in audio and video um, anywhere, you've got to record yourself and you've got to watch your presentations, right? And don't watch them from a perspective like, I like it, I don't like it, but from a perspective like, how did that come across? Could I do it differently? Could I do it better? You know, could I slow down in places? Could I speed up in places? Could I intonate my voice? How does that sound? Really, you know, and, and don't do it immediately after you record it. Give yourself two or three days and then play something back and watch it as a, as a different, as a stranger would. Just go, what am I seeing, right? Does the topic interest me? Uh, is it, uh, you know, is it articulated enough where I can actually stay tuned and pay attention? Because, you know, look, I, I truly believe that experience in life our greatest experience is the life's greatest teacher. The problem is that most people don't review their experience, so they lose the lessons, right? And just again, like watching this interview, we played it back, we both can learn things. Like, could we have, could we have heard it differently? Uh, could we have asked the question differently, right? So, but you can only do this when you review and you learn and you make a note, written mental note, okay, next time this happens, I want to do that. And you train yourself to show up differently. That's right. I don't know if yes. I can the question or not. You know, another part is actually learning. You know, get maybe maybe even getting some speaking lessons. You know, when I first got started in uh, in in coaching, I sent up for Toastmasters, and it taught me a lot. Um, and I lost a lot of the lessons that I've learned, but still things like projecting. So even though you know we are on camera, and I know my camera is like right here, and I'm speaking to the camera at the same time. When I did a lot of training online, I would lose voice. Like after an hour or two, I was voiceless. And the reason for it is I used the same, same voice I would use on the phone. You speak from a throat. So I had to learn that even though my camera is right here, there's nothing beyond the camera. It's weird. I'm speaking into a little black dot, right? But at the same time, I've got to project as if I had an audience of a thousand people here. So I'm actually not speaking to the camera. I'm speaking out there. So my voice doesn't come from the throat. My voice comes from the diaphragm and projects out. You know, I don't get tired that much. My voice lasts for days. I can do this for hours and hours and hours. So, but those are lessons you kind of learn and they have nothing to do with your content, nothing to do with your personality yet. They're just kind of tactics and strategies when it comes to speaking and presenting. I, I love that. Actually, I learned to project my voice because I grew up, you know, in theater, being in, being in theater mm -hmm. as a child, being on stage as a singer. So this was a part of something that naturally comes. I have yep. a other problem, though, guys. I scream at my camera. You know, my husband says that, you know, they can hear every word all over the house. But I suppose, you know, if that's the way it is, that's the way it is. I probably scream at the phone as well at this stage. I so, do all the time, you know. So once a week, I do a two-hour phone training. Still, and I forget that I'm not on camera. So even though I'm speaking into you know the microphone, I, I have my headset on, and I struggle like, oh, you know, like, and I occasionally I remind myself, holy smoke, I'm not on camera, and I just laugh. But from the feedback, you know, I people hear my emotion, they hear the laughter, they hear the smile on my face. So you know, I, I guess could be another lesson. You know, don't constrict your movement, even if people can't see you. Um, I do most of my training actually sitting down. People recommend you do it standing up. I've trained myself to do it sitting. 
and it doesn't doesn't uh, impede me. But for some people, maybe better standing up. But again, don't constrict your motion, your movement, right? Because people can hear that. I think that it's important that we don't get hooked up on, you know, mm. this kind of advice and find something that's more comfortable. I also, I sit down all the time. I tried standing up and I can do it very well standing up, but it just, I feel, I love this sitting down. It's like if you sit down with a friend and, you know, maybe somewhere in, in a coffee shop or something, you can have a great conversation and you can still be very animated if you want to be. Um, and I actually find in terms of, you know, using your hands in terms of that kind of thing that you mentioned, it makes uh, people less uh, nervous when they allow themselves to gesticulate because uh, other than uh, that then they start clenching and that makes makes you very tense so you know be yourself again be a human um but I, and i love that we we spoke about it i'm going to rephrase my question <laughs> i am now very uh, aware of asking better questions <laughs> so i want to ask okay so you have a lot of these days you uh, facebook is where you really hang out, that's mm -hmm. where you connect to people, you do the trainings in the, um, sometimes in your uh, free Facebook group. Um, and Facebook is where you get a lot of your leads online. Is that a correct statement to make? I get, at this point, 100% of my leads in business from Facebook. So the question is, why Facebook and not LinkedIn if it's business? For me, it was just a matter of choice. I felt more comfortable on Facebook. I invested a lot more time into Facebook um, before LinkedIn kind of came along. And so I just decided this is what I'm going to focus on. And at the time, you know, so I shifted really, like I said, 100% of my effort. And by the way, it's all at this point, we're about to change some things. But uh, up until this point, last four years, all of my business is organically uh, generated. So we don't do any advertising. I won't tell you the numbers, but they're significant. Uh, I can tell you that client-wise, you know, we are responsible for about responsible for helping our clients bring in probably about twenty-five million dollars a year in additional revenue, uh, and that's spread between let's just say one hundred twenty-five small businesses a year. Uh, some of them do a little bit less. Some of them do a little bit more, uh, and it's all organically generated. Uh, where was I going with it? So, so with the results Facebook. Are, it will, it's yeah, all organically results, through exactly. Facebook. Mm. Yeah, and the reason I chose Facebook is because at the time, Messenger was just being very popular. You know, it, it was becoming very prominent in everybody's life. And here's the thing. People will not answer the email. not open the email. It's very hard to get them to answer the phone. But the amazing thing is you send them a message on a Messenger, and boom, it pops out on the phone. And moments later, you can have a response. LinkedIn did not have that capability. People still don't have LinkedIn plugged in that way on the phone, the way they have Messenger plugged in. So for me, it became a great platform to A, be visible, uh, which leads to B, which, is, which is allows me to build an audience and following, and C, practice a little bit of interaction-based marketing. And by the way, if you, want to, if you want to generate leads for your business and turn leads into prospects, you've got to become very comfortable with interrupting people. If you don't interrupt people in some way, shape, or form, they're gonna be gonna be, they'll be going right past you and giving you, giving their business to someone else. And this is what I want to actually focus maybe for the rest of this interview because this is a this is a very um, I think it's a, it's a topic where there's a lot of misunderstanding about it. Uh, people come to social media and they still treat it as even if they do it organically, they still treat it as some sort of billboard where they just throw these ads or throw posts um, that they, they they probably are valuable at some stage, but 
there is just nothing. Just talking at the crowd, it's like, you know, with the big loudspeaker, but there is no connection. Um, and, there, and people feel afraid to create this connection. Now, when I experienced uh, Adam, myself, guys, which was last year, it was one of the most authentic um, connections. And we know that there is hundreds and hundreds and thousands of coaches who send each other messages, prospecting messages. They're very obvious. They're probably some sort of scripts. Very often you can see it's a template and you just feel like you just feel like a number. Yep. This is something that I, and for me, if you, if you knock at my door, uh, I already get aggressive because I don't like my space being interfered. And if I open the door and somebody tries to sell me something, this mm -hmm. is, they got me in a bad mood. So what happened mm -hmm. when, uh, when I experienced Adam, I just, I think that I, um, uh, one of our common uh, connections, Molly Mahoney, who is Adam's, one of Adam's clients, and she is doing so, so well. She mentioned uh, you on one of her trainings. And so I looked you up and then I just, group and I think that you literally immediately within days um, replied to me and we had a little chat in the um, in the messenger what I absolutely loved and I and I experienced that with Molly as well because she's your client and she's using your strategies there was no ask in that first message there was just no ask and I felt so good and surprised and actually welcome to the group and what I've noticed after that I started watching your trainings I started following you more there was no ask and I absolutely loved that system where I think a lot of people go wrong and maybe you could talk about it a little bit uh, from your perspective because that's your strength is is these points touch points in the messenger connection? They they uh, they send a message and it feels like you know they want to take you to bed um, in the bar and they just just literally just approach and they already talk about sex. How do you take these steps? Where is the path? When is the time to talk business? That's where the most people I think struggle. You know, I think it's a, it's a lot of art and a little bit of science, right? So um, I use a formula. I'll show you. This is kind of a two-part question. So I'm going to show you a formula and then we can loop back to like, how do I transition from that kind of a conversation to actual more business-oriented conversation? It's actually easier than most people imagine. And it has nothing to do with scripts. There's actually the secret is somewhere else. We'll come back to it in a moment. So the formula I use for approaching people, for generating conversations, is something that I, I monitor. I, I have an acronym called CPR. And uh, it stands for curiosity, praise, results. And actually, typically, my most connections, I don't start with curiosity, I start with praise. And um, the reason for it is I call it opening people up. Look, when I ask you, if I connect with someone, and immediately I go like, well, what's the biggest struggle in your business? It's like none of your damn business. Like, who, who the hell are you? Or like, be doing you know I, I walk on I want, I want on your website Juliet and I noticed something you should be doing this like who made me God and an all-knowing creature that I you know I can tell you what you should be doing I don't know your goals I don't know your I don't know anything right so instead people when you do this people clam up right if any, if any speakers out there I, I know if you if you've spoken at least a few times you inevitably had this experience you got off the stage regardless of what your results be, right? If you were, you know, a, a keynote, you got standing ovation for five minutes. If you were a selling speaker, you know, you sold out the room. And inevitably, you know, there is a little someone coming to you going like, oh, you know, I am a speaker trainer and I notice you're doing this. I think you should work with me and I'll teach you how to do it. I'm like, and who asked you for any advice, right? So don't do that. So I started with praise. Open people up. 
you know, I, when you approach someone and you cannot find, genuinely find something to co compliment them on, maybe you shouldn't be connecting. I, it's just that simple. When I look at someone's profile, I click through to the website, I look at the few posts, and I cannot identify at least one thing that I'm genuinely going like, genuinely going like, wow, this is pretty awesome, this is pretty cool, then maybe I shouldn't be connecting, right? But usually I can. So my usual, my usual open openings are, wow, I noticed something about you, I really like this. And make this specific. So it isn't just like, wow, Juliet, Juliet, it sounds like you've got a lot of energy. Wow, that's nice. I don't even know what I wrote to you at first. I couldn't, I, I don't remember if I used this or not. But it's like find something, a little nuance, where it shows the person immediately, you actually spend a few moments like looking at what they're doing. This is not a very surfacey thing. You actually dug a little bit into this, right? So that's the first thing. Second one is curiosity, but it's, you know, here's the difference between curiosity done the wrong way and the right way. So when someone approaches me and they did two, two things they do wrong. Number one, immediately ask, well, tell me, what do you do? I'm like, you just came off my profile, you lazy idiot, right? If you spend 60 seconds looking at my profile, you could have figured out what I do. So asking me a dumb question, it just shows me that you are lazy and inconsiderate. You want to waste my time to re-explain myself. I don't want to do that, right? Goodbye. Uh, now, there is a way. It's a valid question because sometimes we can't quite figure it out, but you need to ask the question in a smarter way. So, for example, when I ask, because I'm like, hey, Juliet, I was on the profile for like last three minutes. Frankly, I still can't quite figure out what exactly is it that you do? Can you clue me in? Now, that's a little bit different. Or I would say something like, hey, you know, tell me something about you that I can't easily figure out by looking at your profile. Now, that's an intriguing question, right? Tell me something about your personality. Tell me something about your business that I can't easily figure out from looking at your profile. So that's curiosity number one. Number two is when asking people questions about, again, the, when they try to steer a conversation in a business direction, like in my case, right, ask about business. Again, the wrong question is, tell me about where you struggle the most in your business. Again, not, you know, nobody wants to reveal like the ugly laundry, the dirty laundry. So instead, the best question is like, hey, what are you most excited about right now? Right? What are you really looking forward to? Or what are some things you're, you're excited about implementing? What's the best strategy you learned lately that you really are excited about doing? Something that excites people. And again, the mistake that most folks do that I see is they become a hungry lion pouncing on a zebra. Like if someone opens up and tells them, well, you know, I wish I could tell you something amazing, but right now things aren't, aren't so great they immediately become a hungry lion and go like, well, let me tell you what you should do the right way. Like they start pitching. No. To me, instead, that's an opportunity to relate to someone and go like, wow, you know, tell me more. Like what's really going on? Like what's sound frustrated? Like actually relate like you would to a friend. I often talk about being a woman versus a man, right? Guys just see a nail and out comes the hammer. And instead, women, women, women commiserate. Right? If, if something is exciting, they're like, oh my God, this is awesome. Show me that ring. This is so amazing. You go look at my eyes. You know, uh, and if it's bad, they go like, oh my God, this is so bad. I'm so sad. This is so frustrating. Urgh, I just feel like killing somebody. Right? They're not giving solutions. They're just being part of the experience. So experience it with someone. So that's praise. That's curiosity. The last part is results. This is where, you know, um, in, with my clients, I teach them to master the art of push and pull marketing. So inevitably, someone would always ask, well, what do you do? Well, kind of like, tell me more, right? 
And the secret here is to drop the most amazing result you can drop. You can, so in other words, I wouldn't do like, well, you know, I'm a coach. I've been at it for 30 years. I've coached some amazing people. I've got amazing programs. It's like blah, 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 right? Uh, but instead, drop the biggest result you can do, uh, you can help someone accomplish, and then immediately move away. So in my case, it would be something like I would say, hey, you know, I, just, I did this boring thing. We like how people create million-dollar businesses overnight while they watch Oprah and, and eat chips on the couch. But hey, this COVID-19 thing right now, really frustrating, isn't it? And what happens is it opens this loop. All people heard is like million dollars doing nothing and go like, wait, 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 can we back up a little bit? Like, what do you mean you do? Like, how do you do that? They naturally come back and start asking questions versus if you pitch and you give them all the details, like, well, here's what I do. Here's my next session. You know, here's how many hours and here's my process. It's like, I didn't ask about any of this, right? What people really want to know is like, hey, do you do anything that's, that could be useful to me? Right, anything that I could be interested in. So you just drop that little nugget to open that gate and then they will start following you. That's the amazing part. What I really loved about this strategy and what I loved about each one of those parts was minding the energy, minding the, um, the, the energy of response in a way and, and, and keeping that in mind. And I think that that comes back to what I always pick up from everything that you say. It's like, stay human. I, I loved how you said, are you an idiot? Why are you wasting my time? Because that's, that's how I feel. Let's be honest, how we feel about, you know, other people interfering in our private space. For me, it's the worst thing. And so I don't want to come across, I don't want to be someone giving that energy to another person as well. So therefore, uh, starting, and you know what, it takes seconds to check out somebody's profile and sometimes it doesn't have to be a business related uh, praise either it could be a dog you liked it could be like it's absolutely anything can open that door but i i love and sometimes in terms of the push and pull strategy that is super smart and this is where a lot of because i use my personal profile a lot for showing up so do you uh, and people ask me how do you use it and you don't break the rules um facebook rules so the biggest thing is that you cannot, you cannot, as a business, you cannot have a personal profile. That's the invention of a business page, right? But it doesn't say you cannot conduct business from the personal profile. If you know, like what we do, look, as small business owners, as professionals, we often are our business, right? Yeah, absolutely. So it's, very, yeah. it's very blended. Uh, I think another, you know, so it's like going back and reading. I encourage everybody, go and read what it says. I don't want to open it up right now because that's a waste of time. But it really isn't about you cannot, you know, I promote from my Facebook profile. It, it's, to, it's totally permissible to do that. Right? You, can send, you, can, you can post links to paid offers. Like all of that is permissible to do. Uh, again, you can, what you cannot do is just act as a business 100% and have a personal profile. So, for example, I cannot have a marketing mentor as a personal profile. It has to be a business page. That's the difference. But I can freely talk on my personal profile about everything that marketing mentors does, the offers we promote, what we sell, how we do. I can do all of that, and it's not against Facebook's terms of use. Well, that is actually very interesting because, um, and this is now almost it's embarrassing 
to me because this would be like, this is what I teach. But I know for a fact that there's something to do about commercial gain. But I do also know that what you said is absolutely true. You know, um, don't create a personal profile and use it as a business name or, you know, a lot of people did that in the beginning and that's completely a no-no. Um, there's a lot of talks about, you know, personal profiles from big influencers being taken down because they're, you know, but we don't know why they were taken down really, you know, and there's a lot of discourse, I think, about it and around it and the strategies that people try to sell and they manipulate this information. So, yep. you know, I like that because that's what I've been doing for three years since I started and it's been working for me very, very well, you know, and I, it's not that I never post any paid offers on my personal profile. So, and I'm still here. Uh, so, you know what? I think that it's a decision you have to make, but when you're showing up as a personal brand, which every small business uh, owner who is the face of their business is, yep then, you know, it, it is you. My husband has to listen about my business for like 95% a day. You know, it's constantly everything because I'm so passionate about it. Everything goes back into, you know, and by the way, today, in, you know, in my business or whatever, oh, it's like in my business. And so if my husband has to listen to all that, then my audience on Facebook definitely going to listen about this. That's how yeah. I see it. That's how I see well, it. Well, you know, to me, the you know it's so funny because i still remember the day i think it was 2008 right when facebook and twitter were just getting launched and i did an event it was five thousand dollars per person event and i had two people that were good friends of mine that were bloggers and um they asked me what do you think about this social media thing you know it wasn't even called social media i think you know maybe it was i don't remember 2003 i'd say 2004 even you know i think facebook started in 2007. So it was a long time ago yeah so i looked you know on the stage an audience of really amazing people that paid significant money i'm like you know this social media this facebook and twitter this is just for losers and lazy people who don't want to go out there and have nothing to do blah 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 you know and within 90 days I became the biggest advocate, especially of Facebook and Twitter. And here's what happened. At the end of that three-day event, you know, those two bloggers came up to me and said, hey, we want to do a quick like video clip and a quick interview, like the biggest step from your trading, right? And I'm totally drained after three days of like speaking, but nevertheless, I said something. And literally within three or four days, I started getting messages. Now I was smart enough to start profiling those things, right? I wasn't using them. I looked, I'm like, yeah, this is for kids, this is blah, blah, blah. And immediately, I started getting emails going like, hey, so-and-so wants to connect with you. So, and those were people that I've tried to connect for two or three years, and just we couldn't. And all of a sudden, oh, I couldn't get to them, right? And all of a sudden, we're connecting directly on those platforms. So I was like, wait a second, this is, this is cool, right? This, I can use this for business. But so within 90 days, I was a big advocate. Uh, I did a big promotion. I, I laughed at, you know, in 2008, we actually broke Twitter because back then it was so tiny, they didn't have enough servers, that when we did our promo and everybody went on, like a thousand people went on and tweeted about this, uh, literally Twitter went, you know, what, what was called the whale, the, the whale, something like this, they had this whale displayed that essentially said like, hey, we temporarily cannot handle the load, so like, hang on, right? It was the funniest thing ever. But immediately what I made a decision about is that, look, I don't, I, I have friends, I can connect with them. I can still connect with friends on that platform, but I'm going to use that platform. If I'm going to be there and invest my time, it's going to be a business tool for me. And from the very day, from the, from the first day I, I got, I, I made, I became serious about it. You know, all the connections I've built, the friend, the, the, 
people I allowed to friend me or I friended back were all about business connections. So the long-winded message and the point here is about this. You decide how you, you decide, you know, how you're going to use it. And, um, you know, if someone tells me, like, what are you all business on your profile? It's like I show a little bit about my personal life, but I'm a very introverted person. And my life is very private to me, right? So I don't need to show people, like, look, I'm getting a manicure. I'm getting, I'm eating lunch out. I am traveling. I, I do enough of that to show that I'm actually a human being. I do normal human being things. But the majority of my messages are business related. And the people who friend me and listen to me and follow me, they want that message. Right? So again, it's a choice that I've made, and that's how I conduct myself. You can do split things. There are lists you can build on Facebook uh, to decide who sees what messages. That, you know, that gets kind of more technical, probably not where we want to go. But the big thing is you, know, you decide how you want to show up, and your following will build itself kind of accordingly, depending on who you are and how you show up and what you share. I love it. I made that same decision three years ago from trying to promote my business as a business page, business name, to just saying, you know what, I just need to make a decision. And, uh, you know, it was very scary, I remember at the moment, because it was already, you know, it was 2017, so social media was social media. And for me to say, well, right now, from today, I'm going to start posting about me being an entrepreneur. Uh, and I felt like I have to make a big announcement about it, or, you know, I felt like everybody's gonna send me messages of hate. And the funniest thing is that the only person who ever mentioned anything was my very old friend um, and, and nemesis from my childhood who didn't stay in touch with me for 20 years but she felt like she had to say something about my post being commercial and that was funny to me because of the you know the history we had that was funny I said of all people in the world it had to be someone who was giving me grief when I was a child and yep. it's you know some sort of universal Nothing thing changed, right yeah, yeah. And, that was the best decision I've ever made. And not only by connecting to people and being in, in full control who you want to connect with and, you know, targeting obviously some clients and some people who inspire you, your whole energy changes too. So the social media that everybody hates becomes a source of inspiration, of connection to like-minded people, truly like-minded, not the ones from the yeah. scripts that, you know, people send each other and really, really empowering and, you know, uplifting mm -hmm. your life. And that's what my experience with social media have been since that pivoting time. That's why I think I'm so passionate about Facebook in general and bringing people like Adam. And um, by the way, Adam, so you're using your personal profile, you're using Facebook, you're connecting to people, and then you know, you're, you're creating these amazing opportunities for your clients, for your own business, obviously. And then you spend like six months a year traveling the world. And this is what I wanted. <laughs> Well, then do it. Nothing stops you. Oh, that's you know, exactly so the, what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> the difference is, you know, we have older kids. So, um, you know, just to clarify, uh, someone who goes out there and, uh, you know, a lot of the influencers, you know, they'll buy a nice a night, a night in the, like I've got friends who travel and it's always amazing, right? When you're in your 20s and have no obligations and you can blow all your money on the, on the travel, great, right? Uh, when you're older, your priorities change a little bit. It's not, you know, you, you, you're thinking a little bit about actually creating, um, you, you've got to build, your, you've got to think for the future. We can't always do what we do right now. You know, another thing I laugh at, and by the way, this is not really, um, what's the word I'm looking, maybe it comes as a, as, a, as a word of criticism, but it really isn't. It's about maybe showing the ugly underbelly of the beast, right? 
when uh, when I see people traveling and they book a nice a night in a nice hotel just to showcase the lifestyle, but then they spend the rest of the trip, you know, on cheap <laughs> and in the hostels. I'm like, that's not living, you know. So I typically, when I travel, I will go to place for probably like three months and actually stay there as a local. You know, I typically get a place. Um, you know, I live and work as a local. Well, I work online doing my thing, but I live as a local. Uh, and I think that's the way to kind of get to know people, get to know the world. And the beautiful thing is that as long as I have a decent internet connection and a computer, then in my world, I am good to go. I rarely meet with clients in private. I meet with clients as a group three times a year. Uh, the rest of my work is all done again through camera. Maybe that's why it's so amazing today when I hear people how they're freaking out about you know having to be on camera and, and conduct business virtually. I'm like, wow, you know, what's so weird about us? This? this is normal. <laughs> I've done this for a decade plus. So not only it's normal, it's actually very um, liberating because yep. we don't have, we don't need to commute. We don't need to sit there, wait until the thing yeah. is finished. And, you know, and then all this hassle. I absolutely love it. And I'm exactly like you. You know, when I say travel the world, this is exactly what I want. I want to go for three weeks or three months to Spain and just sit there. And, you know, yep. all I need is an internet and my laptop and, you know, yep. connect to people online. But you have so much more freedom because you have a freedom of doing it from wherever you choose. And, yep. um, myself as well I have an older daughter so looking at for the rest of my life I'm saying hey there is so many things that you can be doing and, and this it, is a beautiful thing use a beautiful platform for it yeah and it, it is a decision you know when people say I want to travel like I'm like it is a decision I you know when I went on kind of my first big trip um, longer again like two uh, two years ago I think it was my first year where I spent uh, probably close to nine months a year traveling I was on all on five continents in uh, that year it was kind of amazing, but you know, I still was very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I would, I was not boastful in terms of like every, every location, every trip, let me show you photos. You know, I was very sporadic in terms of like revealing what I do and how I do, which is a whole different message because that's my own personal hangups. Again, like I, you know, for me, it's like, I don't want to boast to people, here's how I live. It's like, it's my life, I live it. You know, I've, I've worked very, very hard to create this. Uh, but my point is like, everyone, when people started saying, wow, you inspired me, I want to do the same thing. I'm like, just do it. Yeah. I wish I had made a decision, you know, way, 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 way sooner because I, I, I was able to, I could. I just, in my mind, I didn't give myself permission to do that, right? But you know, you, you might think it's your personal uh, hangups, but there's so many people out there who would relate to, to people like me and you, because I'm exactly the same. And this is where you have full control of how much private you show and how much private you don't show. You know, uh, you're still, even though, you know, you're not showing some, some private life. Although sometimes, like if I think, you know, if I follow Adam, does he show you his private life? It feels like you do, but actually I don't know anything about you. And this is something is brilliant. Mm -hmm. I had a student who said the same thing to me. She says, Juliette, I know that your daughter is in college and I know Know that you're from Estonia. I actually don't know anything about your private life. That was the best thing I've ever heard because it made me feel very good. Because you know, if you're a private person, you're a private person. But being on social media doesn't stop us from being private people and doing it amazingly. For for me, the biggest thing is congruency. People call it authenticity. Uh, you know, uh, that's another whole different conversation because I, I you know, if you think about an authentic human being. It's a creature that sleeps, eats, and excretes what we ate. That's an authentic human being, right? It's, it's an animal. So everything else, how we show up, we acquired it. 
So to me, authenticity is highly overrated. Transparency, you know, we can discuss it. I think what's really important is congruency. And I often people, this is one of the biggest things I, I respect uh, and love when clients comment on, which is what you see. You may not know a whole lot about me in terms of like my personal life, but what you see in terms of how I show up, how I communicate, uh, whatever level of energy you may experience in terms of like my concern or compassion for other people, when you get to meet me in person, it's the same thing. So, so it's not like I show up and put on it. That's why I think it's so easy for me because I don't have to like turn on a show for some reason. It's like, you know, I turn a camera and I move and I, and I go on just like I would in a private environment. So I think that's what's really important that you don't try to present yourself as something or someone you are not. Just be congruent. I love it. And I think maybe on this wonderful message, we will wrap up. Adam, thank you so much. It was a brilliant interview. I totally, I totally resonate with that. Um, you know, we, the best way to show up is the way you are. The best way to show up, again, with full control of what you reveal, what you don't. But the way you are doesn't change. So uh, if somebody really fell in love with you during this interview, like I did from your first message, and you know, still, still I'm very fond of you, um, where do they go? What is the best place to connect to you? Look me up on Facebook. Um, and I'm uh, totally full, filled up on personal friends, but you can follow me on my personal profile. That's where I do a lot of the stuff. Uh, and uh, look up fastestpathtocash.club. And that will take you to our Facebook group. And again, no opt-ins, no shenanigans. Just come hang out with us. Wonderful. And guys, it's great value, great trainings in the groups. Definitely, definitely join. Adam, thank you again for being my guest today. And guys, I will see you next week on another episode of Show Up, Stand Out. Thank you for listening to Show Up Stand Out with me, your host and your online visibility strategist, Juliet Stapleton. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. And if you're ready to be more visible and create an impact, check out julietstapleton.com to see how I can support you on this journey and help you show up fearlessly and with ease.